And the triple bottom line framework is a concept that where firms should commit to measuring their social and environmental impact in addition to their financial performance, rather than solely focusing on generating profit, which is the standard form of bottom line. Social impact programs have to access or really think about this linkage between strategy, mission, and profits. So doing well by doing good. Social impact is critical to the mission of eliminating generational poverty. That's why one of our four pillars is social justice. In this week's episode of TechBridge Talks, we get to speak with Keith Brown from Ronstad about social impact and how corporations can think about it in addition to growing and running their organizations. My guest on the show today is Keith Brown. Keith, welcome to the show. Hello, Adam. Such a pleasure. Thank you. I'm looking forward to chatting with you, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. So I just want to make sure I've got this right. You're the Director of Corporate Community Impact at Ronstad, which is, I mean, Ronstad's a, a global company, right? So that's a, a big a big position. So what does that, what does community impact mean to you, you know, from that role? Well, first, thank you, Adam. Um, I'm excited to spend time with you as we explore the essence of social impact, uh, Ronstad's corporate social responsibility initiatives, and even our partnership with TechBridge as we scale talent across the country. And for me, corporate community impact centers around an initiative called the Triple Bottom Line Theory. So when you think about it, the general goal of sustainable business strategy is to positively impact the environment, society, or both. Um, while also benefiting shareholders. So business leaders are increasingly uh, realizing the power of sustainable business strategies. Uh, and that is not only addressing the world's most pressing challenges, but it drives the firm's success. And the triple bottom line framework is a concept that where firms should commit to measuring their social and environmental impact in addition to their financial performance, rather than solely focusing on generating profit, which is the standard form of bottom line. So it really can be broken down to three Ps, and that's profit, people, and planning. So in a capitalist economy, a firm's success most heavily depends on its financial performance um, or the profit it generates from its shareholders. Um, the second component of this triple bottom line highlights a business's societal impact or its commitment to people. So it's really important to make the distinction between firm shareholders and stakeholders. When you think about it, traditionally, businesses have favored shareholder value as an, as an indicator of success, which means they strive to generate value for those who own shares of the company. But as firms have increasingly embraced sustainability, they've shifted their focus towards creating value for all stakeholders impacted by business decisions. And that includes customers, um, employees, uh, community members, and the like. So the final component of that triple bottom line framework is concerned with making a positive impact on the planet. And as we look at the measurement of outcomes, we consider how people, profit, and planning are impacted. So when you think about it in the context of whether we consider economic measures around profit, it really stems from this whole notion of how do we evaluate income? How do we look at job growth? How do we look at the cost of underemployment? And more importantly, how do we look at diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives within the business? 
But when we turn the page and we look at um, the environmental measurements of impacting planet, that could be how do we impact air and water quality, energy and consumption. So whether you consider remote work, office deployment, or a hybrid, you have to also take into consideration its impact on public transportation and the social and environmental considerations. But lastly, how do we look at the social measurement of impact on people? This really refers to this whole social dimension of community or region and how that could impact and include measurements of education, looking at equity, um, access to social resources, health and, health and well-being, even quality of life. As a result of all of this, Adam, Within Ronstadt, we capture this triple bottom line perspective across our various corporate, so, corporate social responsibility initiatives. So whether it's through Transcend, um, which focuses on education and employment for underserved communities across the country. Um, even when we look at our another, another initiative, um, CSR initiative, Higher Hope, which focuses on women coming out of human trafficking or domestic abuse and providing counseling and strategies to engage them into the workforce. And then lastly, our veterans initiatives, and in terms of how we engage active duty and reserve members to populate those members back into civilian life via reskilling and upskilling. So when you think about it in the context of corporate community impact, it really centers around this triple bottom line theory. Okay. Wow. That's uh that's that's quite a bit to unpack. I appreciate you taking the time to do that. So uh, and I and I kind of love that approach. Um so let's just talk about about your impact, right? You're, you're at Ronstad. Uh, you do a lot of work with a lot that, that, that benefits a lot of people in the employment space. So, so what is the most impactful thing that you do as a part of your role there? And how do you see it impacting future generations? So um, for me, my most impactful set of activities center around the focus towards strategy, mission, and profit for our corporate social responsibility initiatives. Um, there are some amazing programs developed by nonprofits and for-profits um, every single day. However, there are a lot of those programs, um, some unfortunately die on the vine for many of those organizations as well. And that has nothing to do with how, how successful those programs are in terms of the meaningful impact or the program leaders um, in terms of doing everything possible to support that platform. I believe um, that social impact programs have to access or really think about this linkage between strategy, mission, and profits. So doing well by doing good. And that's my focus every single day um, to provide a structure and a strategy towards and through our partnerships with TechBridge, as it relates to skilling across the country, as well as with urban strategies and how we look at various communities to pipeline talent into those programs and linking education and employment for in-demand job opportunities. Nice. Okay. I love that. I love it. Like you, you, you get, you love, you do a great job of sort of breaking things down into their component parts. Right. So I, I love that. I appreciate that. Okay. So, uh, so Ronstadt places people in their careers, and helps employers find the talent that they're looking for. Can you give us any insights into the current and future job market from this expertise that, that you can share with us? 
Well, as you know, this is a very challenging market for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in the crux of a supply and a, de- a demand conundrum. Um, there are huge demands from employers, and it is creating a scenario very similar to the housing market. So, for example, we are currently in a seller's market within the housing platform. Um, there is very little inventory or supply, and there is high demand on the buyer side. As a result, buyers are paying a premium for the housing stock that is available, right? And in comparison, employers have a lot of job opportunities available and a limited supply of talent to fill those vacancies. Therefore, we are seeing high premiums around pay rates, uh, incentives for interviewing and placement, and also incentives to commit after a 90-day period. Additionally, the time to fill or the fill rate is higher because it is requiring longer lead time to identify the best candidate. Mm-hmm. So I believe there is an opportunity for market correction as some of the federal and state stimulus initiatives are ending and for a lot of individuals to consider reskilling um, or upskilling as a measure to capture their respective income potential. I love that. I love the reskilling and upskilling is, I mean, those are the key words these days, and they're really, really important to the job market and something that you know we do a lot of at TechBridge, uh, especially yes. through our TCP program. So that's that's fantastic. So so I, I I gotta I gotta ask this a little bit selfishly, but where do jobs and technology fit into the future of work from your perspective? Well, um, Adam, one of the things that's really interesting as you look as we look at history, um, Americans have defined job types as falling into one of two frameworks or categories. Um, white collar and blue collar. And most recently, the lines have blurred, um, and specifically within the tech space. Recognizing the current talent shortage in the white collar tech industry uh, and the challenges that job seekers in other non-tech blue collar industries, whether it's agriculture or manufacturing, um, there is a very interesting perspective that the former chair and CEO of IBM, Jenny Romani, um, developed and where she urged politicians and businesses, business leaders to not think solely in terms of white collar or blue collar jobs, but to broadly consider these future unfilled positions as new collar jobs. So what is new collar? Essentially, it is a job opportunity that may not require a traditional college degree. So there is a huge change management across, um, process across talent acquisition um, teams, whether it's you know, within organizations um, that has to occur, that pivots away from solely placing emphasis on a four-year college degree and recalibrating the assessment to consider a potential employee's relevant or transferable skills and how those respective skills align with the competencies of various role opportunities. So that is primarily and specifically why Ronstadt established a focus to upskill 40,000 Americans and touch the lives of 500 million people over the next 10 years. Additionally, we recently announced our commitment to the 110 initiative, which was formed by the former chairman and CEOs of Merck, American Express, IBM, and Amgen, and others to drive a goal to place 1 million BIPOC, that's, uh, that's right, 1 million Black, Indigenous, people of color without four-year college degrees into family-sustaining jobs over the next 10 years. Adam, this is a huge opportunity to really focus on reshaping the narrative around emerging and non-traditional talent 
as they are pipelined into new collar jobs. And when you look at this one team initiative, there are over 50 companies that have contributed to this initiative alone. And they start with some organizations that are right here in our backyards. Delta, American Express, IBM, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Cisco, Walmart, Nike, and the list goes on on across every respective industry. So technology is at the epicenter of how communities look at possibilities. The same way underrepresented individuals consider basketball or football as a means to uplift their families, it is actually the same perspective on how underserved communities can look at technology as their means of escaping income inequality and stagnation. Yeah, I mean, I love that analogy, right? Because while, you know, it's great for people to dream of going pro, the likelihood of going pro is so, so small. But the possibility, the opportunity for upskilling in technology is is enormous. Like, it's so accessible and available, right? And so because of that, there's so much opportunity there for people to upskill and to continue to improve and, and sort of climb that ladder. Is that is that kind of what you're saying? Certainly. And it's really also this notion of how do we de-risk the risk factors that hiring managers and organizations have placed on a certain population or profile. And that's why when we look at the transferable skills, when we look at the skilling programs like with TechBridge and Transcend, And then we align that with the competencies of the roles, not necessarily the job requirements, but the competencies to actually um, contribute to those individuals thriving in those roles. That is the North Star. That is what success looks like. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that. I love that. Well, this is great. So so last question I ask all my guests, I'm I'm, I'm curious your response. So TechBridge is based on, on doing our mission across four pillars hunger relief, homeless support, social justice, and workforce development. Uh, I think I already know the answer based on your vocation, but of those pillars, which one resonates the most with you and why? So interestingly, Adam, um, I actually view those four pillars um, as monolithic for a community to thrive. Uh, Those pillars are interrelated and the community community can only see measured success with a focus on uplifting and supporting all of those frameworks. Now, let me be clear. There may be different seasons where a singular or a collective of those pillars are focused on for different communities or a subset of those communities. However, I do not believe that any of those areas should be bifurcated as a standalone focus. So as a result of that, Adam, the whole is greater than the sum of his parts. That's good. So you're going to pick all of them is what you're saying. I love that. I mean, that's, listen, that's why it's our four pillars because we're working on all of them. So that's that's the way to go. I like that. So you're on, on board for the whole mission. So I'm signing you up. We got you covered. We got an extra volunteer for everything. So yes, sir. this is good. <laughs> well, Keith, uh, this has been really fantastic. I really appreciate you joining me on the show today. Do you have any any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, well I want to thank you, Adam. Um, we are so excited to engage in a partnership with TechBridge. Um, this is community development work at its core, and it's not easy. Um, so we value the great leadership from Nicole, Julie, Andre, Jahari, and yourself, and everyone throughout your organization as we work together 
to positively impact lives and communities. So thank you. Thank you for listening to TechBridge Talks, a podcast about breaking the cycle of generational poverty through the innovative use of technology. This podcast is produced by TechBridge. To find out more about our work and how you can be a part, visit techbridge.org. That's techbridge.org. Also, make sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening and tune in next week for more great content.